0: Hello, welcome to the Jew3 Project Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew3 Project. Well, we're live. Thank you for tuning in for another week of the Jew3 Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host. Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jude Through Project, and today I'm joined by a very special guest who's no stranger to the Jute Through Project, my friend BJ Thompson. Welcome, BJ. Thank you for having
1: me. How you doing, Lisa?
0: I'm doing good. How are you?
1: Good. I'm doing well.
0: Awesome. Well, for those who haven't seen your previous episodes, I think you've been on about like three times. This is, <laughs> might be yeah, a I'm fourth.
1: About, you know, three, four times. I should be on here more. I don't know why I'm not a regular name, but yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, Uh, Let our our audience know who you are and just give them a little bit of overview. Yeah, so my name is BJ Thompson.
1: I serve as the director of an organization called Build a Better Us, um, which seeks to equip people, families, um, so that they can be healthy and have a more meaningful experience within the context of relationships. Um, I have three children, 13, 9, 7 years old, and um, been married for 15 years, probably
0: in the next two, three days. So, yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. So today we're going to talk about uh, Friends, Reconciliation in the Body of Christ. And if you say, saw the flyer, you saw we used, uh the Friends, the updated Friends version the friend, of, the updated friends. <laughs> of Jay-Z. And uh, I thought it was important to talk about this. And I reached out to BJ to talk about this because there's an emphasis in our day on reconciliation, racial reconciliation. There's also an emphasis on romantic Reconciliation, but you don't really hear that much about platonic relationship reconciliation. And I think it's important for us uh, to remember Jesus' words in John seventeen twenty one, Lord, make them one just as me and you are one. And I think that whole thing, us becoming one in the body of Christ, is us wrestling through conflicts right and us getting to points of reconciliation in our relationships um and that's that's very difficult um what are some of the challenges that you see bj uh before we dive into it of of friendship relationships reconciling well not even let's not even start there why do you think there's not an emphasis on platonic relationship reconciliation
1: yeah that's a great question um I think that, I think one of the things that's very challenging about platonic relationships is um, I think for a lot of in a lot of ways we've made them optional. Um, that the thing that we really want is something that's romantic, something that makes you know gives you butterflies in your stomach, um, and we we have a lot of talk around that from zodiac signs to you know just a lot of different things around romantic relationships that we don't even really give a lot of um, energy culturally to the idea of platonic relationships and so if you're asking me why i don't think so i just think it's not a conversation i think we assume it'll happen um and oftentimes it's because we've been clustered into a certain friend group and a certain people group And that's kind of what we do. That's how we work on our relationship skills. We don't never think like, wait, I need to be much more intentional, much healthier, have a better understanding about these relationships. Therefore, you know, giving myself and my energy to it. And so I think part of it is the lack of communication from the culture, but I think it's also a lack of communication from our faith communities that too oftentimes you hear a lot about, you know, marriage and divorce and family relationships. But you don't hear a lot about friendships and what that means, um, and I think that's a misstep for a lot of us. So, yeah,
0: yeah, and I love that you use that people think it's optional because I think that's the key. That it's like I don't need this. I got a boo. I got, got my family. boo. Hey,
1: that's all I need. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I got my family. Uh, that I don't really need that. And you see throughout Scripture, God putting the emphasis on relationships on friendships on us being the body of Christ, us working together, doing for one another. Um, and so because we think it's optional, we don't put any effort into it. You know, you usually only put effort into the required things. You're like, well, I don't got time. If this friendship messes up, that's it. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the reasons I think it's a key as to talk about it as an apologetics organization is because our greatest defense for our faith is our is our love and care for people. That's good. Um, If you don't love and care for people outside of romantic, outside of family, then you're not going to be a good, uh, your life is in a good defense for the gospel. And so, um, one of the things that breaks up relationships or friendships, I think is false expectations, which creates the conflict, um, that, that ensues. How do you, what are the, um, number one things that you see break up friendships because i know you deal with a lot of relationship counseling and not yeah. just romantic but you deal with friendship counseling as well
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. so i would say the one thing the, the number one thing that breaks up friendships um is the inability to resolve conflict as it arises you know conflict is one of those things that's inevitable it comes over time based off of circumstances based off of changes in seasons and because many of us haven't developed the skill set through um, appropriate information about relationships. I and mean, when that conflict comes up, I mean, it's it's jarring. It, it forces you to a crossroads unnecessarily. And so I would say, one, well, we just kind of lack like the skills. We don't really have the skills. But then two, I think, um, and, and kind of to your point, we lack a holistic perspective of the gospel and what it does, knowing that we've offended our Savior and we've offended our Lord, and ultimately, you know he is consistently pursuing us for reconciliation appropriately so i think one of the reasons why uh, another reason why it's challenging to create resolve and conflict um, is because we don't really have a good picture of how god treats us therefore we treat people based off of what we believe and it leaves us especially in our older days in shambles uh, and we're not with a lot of friends in a lot of places of isolation so
0: yeah and I, what are some ways in which we can resolve conflict better in friendships?
1: Um, I mean, talk. I think it's communication is key for sure. Um, wrestling through the actual issue, not necessarily um, through the conflict itself. You know, sometimes there are underlining issues and tensions. Uh, one great example for me, you know, is that oftentimes when I have a conflict, my conflicts Revolve around maybe a, a feeling that I've had with that person over a period of time, or you know, maybe there's an incident that occurred um, back in the day that I've never addressed, or maybe it's just a feeling. Maybe I'm in a funk in a of season of my life, and you know, you just happen to be the recipient of the conflict that I'm going to bring to situation because you're in proximity. And so, one of the ways we can address conflict, um, especially among our peer group, people we love is one try to get to the root of the issue not the conflict itself right it's you know they encounter they train you um to hear what a person's saying is trying to get across not necessarily the words that they're using right and i think that's important because you want to hear past what a person is saying if they're screaming at you and saying i'm really mad at you and i'm angry at you you're so dumb you're so stupid really what you wanna do is start asking more investigative questions. Say, man, what are you really mad about? Is there, did I offend you? Are you disappointed? Do you feel shame? Did I make you feel guilty? Um, You know, did I trigger something inside of you? And so I think it's being able to ask those deeper questions because you realize there's a deeper issue. Last thing is this, um, so we talked about conflict in communication and looking at the deeper issue. I would say the, the, the the other side of that is, Knowing that you bring um, a lot of dysfunction to the situation because there there isn't a way, let me say it better. Assuming that it's not just the other person that's bringing dysfunction, that it's also you that brings dysfunction. Um, and I think what that does for a person is it, it creates a lot of humility in a situation where now you're not enemies, but you see that person as your ally. So.
0: Yeah, I think that's helpful. Uh, I, re- I remember seeing a tweet that, uh, I think you retweeted, but it was a quote from you last week about our biggest enemies in our relationships is us. Come on, come on. <laughs> and I Somebody think that's important because, here? <laughs> because oftentimes we assume that it's the other person when in fact some of the frustrations that we have with people are actually things we're battling within ourselves. Um Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Is that
0: something that you, is that uh, something that you reached over time or have you already, how did you come to that conclusion that your greatest enemy was your, was yourself in oh, relation? I,
1: I do it all the time. I mean, you know, you get, <laughs> you realize over time that some of the things that happen that you're frustrated with are projection of things that you are. Um, and I think that just comes through being honest about the situation. It's not always the person outside of you is the person inside of you. And I really get that from Jeremiah 179, um, talk about talking about the heart is deceitfully wicked. That, you know, I can't assume the best about my motives, that my motives oftentimes attain it. um, and they're just as corrupted as everyone else. And man, I'm just as accountable and guilty of things as others. And so before I go off and try to remove the (laughs) the plank or remove the sawdust in someone else's eye, man, I gotta do some self investigation, introspection. And I think that's really where I got it from. I got it from listening to Jesus and thinking like, man, I don't do a good job of approaching conflict first within me, then going to restore and correct and help someone else. I start with the other person and I want to fix them and I want to make them better first. Then I come back to me. And so, yes, yeah, so I look at myself now a lot more and it's helpful because that is a type of introspection that makes con- conflict resolvable. Not just this an
0: impossible entity that happens. So yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. question. In in your words, uh hum, is it humility is that the heart of all reconciliation, pride is mm-hmm. at the heart of all I'm I'm saying it wrong, but look at you. I, I, saw, you. I saw I saw
1: tweet. at the root of every conflict is pride, right? And at the root of every um healed relationship is humility leading to love. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think these are the tools if we really invest in our friendships and don't give up on our friendships, that will help us in racial reconciliation. Will help us mm. in romantic reconciliation. These skills are transferable, mm-hmm. but oftentimes we limit them to particular instances. You know, there's people out here who are champions for racial reconciliation that that have broken relationships in every area of life. And Come it's kind on, of- <laughs> It's kind of like, well, you know, let's let's work on your own relationships before we try to tell uh, other races how to reconcile with us. So I think those are transferable skills that we should use. And I think one of the things in culture that affects us um, more than we realize is what we take in as far as social media and the memes that we we digest that are that are anti-reconciliation. You know. Mm. If you there's memes like if you want with me at my lowest, you can't ride with me at my highest. Hmm. But then, you know, what is that to say to this this the disciples of Jesus? They were, they abandoned him at his lowest, but he still let them reign with him. So I think if we're gonna demonstrate Christ like character, we have to be really anti-culture. Yeah,
1: I think that that is the key, is that you you almost have to redefine what it is that it means to be a friend what it means to be reconciled and what it means to create a meaningful trajectory of friendship and reconciliation at every level and you have to fight the lies of culture and instinct that cause you to be a very vindictive spiteful person when offended right you know one of the greatest challenges for us is when offended how do you respond i would say that's probably one of the greatest test of your maturity is when you're offended how do you respond do you believe like yo I should get revenge I should chop this relationship off or man I should distance myself and what I would say about the situation is if you find yourself in a situation where you consistently you know looking at offense and looking at a situation you're looking at a situation where you Okay. My phone's blowing up. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but I was saying, if you find yourself oftentimes backing away from a relationship because of conflict, being offended, feeling like it's irreconcilable, or finding yourself being reclusive, you may want to check your ability to engage um, the gospel or how you understand how life works and how God treats you. And I think that's, that's one of the most challenging things that we have to overcome, is when you see yourself consistently in that place, you have to find a way to overcome. Hold on one second. Okay. You have to find a way to, oh, I got a lot of stuff going on over here. <laughs> That's what happens when you got family and kids. You got a lot of different situations going on. You got kids popping in, um, but you have to find a way to reevaluate your relationship with the gospel and understanding in a more fruitful way. So, mm. absolutely,
0: yeah. And I think that's that's helpful to us as we're trying to navigate this space in how we resolve conflict. That we're not, you know, giving up in the midst of in the midst of conflict because people are absolutely. going to disappoint you. Absolutely. I heard one pastor say, uh, it was it was funny, but he was like, you know, people get offended with him. His members sometimes get upset with him uh, because he wasn't speaking that day. He didn't speak that day. And he was like, well, little did you know, I, first of all, I didn't even see you
1: uh, yeah.
0: when you spoke to me. Number two, uh, I could have been having a bad day. I could have just had an a argument with my kids and my wife. You know, there are so many factors in people's lives yeah. that it would be, it's, it would be, uh, self-centered to think that every time a person engages you wrong that it was about you. Um and I think that's something that we have to remember. But he also made a point that uh he was like, your man has has cheated on you twice and you still with him. But I offended you one time. <laughs> I offended I didn't speak to you one time and you don't have grace for me. And I think <laughs> it was a, he was making a point and it was kind of Kind of funny, but it's true that sometimes in romantic relationships we have the bandwidth to handle that to handle offenses that are really painful. But in yeah. friendship, we don't have the bandwidth to handle minor infractions. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: And I, and part of it is that I don't think we believe friendships are as important. I mean, you look at a person like a Samson who is isolated, finds himself in a situation that he would have never imagined. And had he have had great friendships, I'm convinced that Samson have, would, have would not have been in half the situations that he indulged in. I mean, the same thing with a David, you know, and I just think that consistently, we don't see the value of those things. And what I would challenge our viewers on is, you know, at some point, you know, during your upbringing, you develop peer friendships based off of proximity. But then as you grow older, you have to develop friendships based off of intentionality. Um, and that's challenging because we often don't see those friendships as as consistent or as, you know, as imperative as those you grew up with. But truthfully, those are going to be the relationships that are going to shape you for the rest of your life. And so if you don't gain the skill sets to forgive, to move on, to heal, you're going to bring that baggage into every relationship, into every situation, um, and it's going to even bleed over into your romantic relationships. So yeah, I would say treat those relationships with just as much intensity as you do with your committed relationships of romance. but then also realize that that your peer relationships are that which will shape you in the future and that which will cause you to either be hindered or to excel in whatever endeavor that you're pursuing in life. So mm-hmm.
0: how would how do you think the Bible defines friendship? What would be biblical friendship?
1: um yeah i mean one passage comes to mind is um it says um how can two walk together unless they agree right so friendship is based around agreement is based around consensuality is based around the idea of shared interest right um it also says be ye not unequally yoked with unbelievers right it says friendship with the world is Enmity with God, right? And so what you see in scripture as it relates to friendship is that friendship says something about your heart. So the quality of your friendships reveal the integrity of the depth or the pursuits of your heart. And so what I would say about friendship is the Bible, the Bible says that if you want to know who you are, don't look at the car you drive, don't look at the things you do, look at the friends that you've attached yourself with. And then you can say, that's exactly who I am. And that's what I'm pursuing. Mm-hmm.
0: When it comes to uh, conflict, sometimes in friendships, some stem from the way we share truth and the way mm-hmm. we convey messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you advise that we we share truth, difficult and hard truths? Because sometimes the assumption, I know the assumption that has been yeah. with me in the past that got me in trouble in friendships is that- got
1: us in trouble, Lisa- it's got us both
0: in trouble, girl. We both in trouble. <laughs> is, is this idea of if I'm your friend, I can share the truth with you any kind of way because you you should know I love you. If I come at you straight, it should you shouldn't be offended by that. Um, and I'm often, well, I've been surprised in the past uh, because I've tried to do things differently going forward of how many offenses that I've brought because of the way I shared things that I thought should have been taken in a way of love, because you know we, there's a relationship there. So I yeah. use hat if I'm talking to a stranger, but if I'm talking to a friend, I'm going to shoot at you straight. Um, and sometimes that's not the wrong approach. Uh, yeah. it's, it's so bad. Uh, how do you advise that we kind of navigate through that space? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that
1: the proximity, the closer the proximity, the more revealing of our maturity, right? And so, <clears throat> if the proximity of a relationship, you're more, you know, aggressive, abrasive, um, inconsiderate. It's really more revealing of your character, right? Like it's the places where you don't have to wear a mask um, or, or um, conceal your motives. the places which reveal the greatest uh, extent of your maturity and so what i would say is if you find yourself very short with the people who are closest to you that means you're a short person right (laughs) if you find yourself very (laughs) abrasive i'm serious If you find yourself very abrasive with the people closest to you that means you're an abrasive person and so therefore the the quality or the integrity of your if your character should be measured should be measured based off of your treatment of those people who are closest to you. And so if you are, in the name of keeping it real, um, very abrasive, edgy, unfiltered, and uncaring and inconsiderate with a friend, just in the name of truth, then it reveals about your character that you are at at the core, again, not at the onset. An abrasive, uncaring, inconsiderate person. And I think that's something that we can learn from. And luckily, you know, you look at a read a lot of experts that talk about that talk about the idea of relationships and emotional intelligence. Anyone who puts their mind and their intent and practice to emotional intelligence can ultimately find themselves being able to grow in that particular thing. So what's encouraging about it all is that despite all that you know you may fail in and you may see yourself falling short because of the proximity you can actually grow in those particular things despite so absolutely
0: yeah I think that's helpful because the assumption is if I'm straight with you early if I'm straight with you the closer I get to you that the the person that received it was wrong not the person that gave it absolutely because it was the quote unquote truth and so uh, I we think that's it hope. real,
1: Lisa. That's, that's all. Yeah, just is, is keeping it real right. around. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I think it, it causes us to look at our own hearts and see in what places that we're deficient and what places we could grow, and better approaches that we could use. Because I think that's one of the ways we've taught ourselves in the wrong way, especially through culture. Like you keep it real. Sometimes keeping it real can be really damaging to keep another. it real wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What would you leave with people on this topic of friendship in, in your, in, in what yeah. you've seen in counseling friends and help in, and, and seeing people reconcile, what, what will you leave? What should you, what do you want to leave with people?
1: Yeah. So one, um, the first thing I would want to leave with people is this, um, we work in an organization that helps people cultivate a maturity in both personal relationships, personal development and, um, romantic relationships. Um, through one-to-one life coaching, we don't believe that this is something that you will um, intuitively mature in, that it takes skilled understanding and perspective in order to do so. So we started the service a few months ago uh, with Build a Better Us coaching, um, where there are life coaches who help you in a variety of areas of life. Um, if you're interested, you can go to, you can email um, myself, bj at buildabetterus.com. Um, and I'll connect you with my admin team and we'll start with a free consultation to help you kind of go to the next level. And so um, if you're interested in that, being able to go to the next level, go to BJ at and we'll set you up with um, an initial consultation. But I think the first thing is humility and believing that, that just as offended as you feel, um, you can be just as equally offensive in that situation, right? Um, so one, recognizing that there's something to, it. Two, being introspective. Um, what Jesus said was before you go to remove the speck out of your brother's eye, you remove the plank from your own eye. Right. And so it's the idea that, you know, you do some, some introspection before you go to try to correct somebody and fix them. Right. Third thing is this, is knowing that the way you treat the people who are closest to you, is reveals more about what you believe in the gospel and how you believe God treats you um, in the depth of your character than it does you keeping it real, than it does you feeling like you can express yourself. And so if you see yourself consistently not being able to show people mercy or grace, that means you're not experiencing grace. You don't feel like that's a part of the the narrative of your own life. And I would say reevaluate that. And last thing is this, know that friendships are imperative, that they are the shaping mechanisms for the long haul and the trajectory of who you are and who you're becoming. Um, and so if you're a loner, man, you need to get some friends, right? You need to find some people who can love you well, know you and shape you. Um, if you are a socialite, you love connecting with everybody. You, um, I don't know who, who would be a connector. Um, you need to narrow it down. You need to find some people who can specifically love you and who can create some
0: healthy categories of your life. So that's what I would say for our audience. That's good. I forgot one last question I want to ask you before we before we end this. For those who are oh. saying, well, um, all, all relationships can be reconciled. Uh, some people are just unhealthy. Um, I think that's a... a a small group of relationships uh, we try to make it seem like it's a lot it's usually usually Absolutely. one out of 10 and we think it's like 8 out of 10 relationships can't be reconciled Absolutely. usually it's Absolutely. it's rare that a relationship can't be reconciled two people work together um what are those cases those extreme cases in which reconciliation you think is not possible and the relationship is toxic and how should we handle those in love that's a great question so
1: First thing is this, is that relationships, the reconciling power of relationships is something you should be regularly practicing. And the way you practice it is just so a couple of ways. Is one is two words. I apologize. (laughs) Right. Like I think we've gotten away from the idea of being able to give a simple apology. We love giving excuses, right? Um two, this whole idea of um when is it too far? You know, I I think for a lot of us, we think things are too far when we're uncomfortable. And we know that the word says iron sharpens iron, which is like this grinding force of relationships on relationships that creates friction and change. And that, you know, the quicker I am to run from that friction oftentimes result in my dullness in character. And so what I would say is if you quick to run from conflict, then expect a pretty dull character. Expect the person on the other side that doesn't really know how to deal with things of greater magnitude, right? Last thing is, if you believe that a relationship is irreconcilable, you need to ask yourself, what's the basis for that? Like, what is it that's driving that? Is it something that this person is abusive towards you um, and you've created this pattern that's not healthy? Um, is this person um, neglectful of you, right? Is this person abandoning you into a situation or is the season moved on? And I would say it's, I'm not sure if there's ever a season where it's irreconcilable. I think that in a lot of ways that the relationship needs to be readjusted. And so if you're asking me irreconcilable, I don't think there's any recon- any relationship that's irreconcilable it may be that that relationship needs to be readjusted. And and maybe you don't belong, you know, as a fringe friend. Maybe you become somebody who I know, I love, I respect and I care for, but we're just not occupying a certain level of intimacy or maybe you're no longer in my my inner circle, Um, but you operate as a fringe friend, someone that I love and I know. And I think that's something that we can do is that we just readjust the relationship. And that's what I would encourage our audience to do. Maybe you need to readjust the relationship. Maybe a relationship is no longer helpful. Um, and in this season of life, you realize, you know what? This is my character, my ambitions, my pursuits. They're not growing in a more mature way because of these relationships. Um, therefore, it's not that we're in reconciled. It's that, that I need to readjust how I treat, how I approach, and how I experience this relationship so that it can be in its
0: proper place. So... That's what I will leave with the audience. Awesome. Awesome. Well, how can people get in contact with you on social media, BJ?
1: Absolutely. At BJ116, again, we um, we started one-to-one life coaching services in order to help people go to a different levels um, in a romantic relationship, platonic relationships, personal development. Um, you can hit me up, BJ at buildabetterus.com. You can email me then. We'll do an initial free consultation um, because we want to help people be able to take tools in their specific situation, whether it's a couple, whether it's an individual, and help them be able to experience, become a
0: better them so we can be a better us. Awesome. Well, thank you for watching another week of the Jew Through Project podcast. As always, you can catch us here every Monday at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. As always, you can catch all our past episodes at www.jude3project.com, or you can subscribe on iTunes and Google Play by searching the Jew 3 Project. You can also get better equipped with our Bible Engagement app by searching the App Store, Google Play, or Apple App Store by searching the Jude 3 Project, and that will help you better engage scripture on a daily basis. If you would like to donate to the Jude 3 Project, go to jude3project.com and hit the Donate tab. In addition, you can follow us on, on social media by searching at Jude 3 Project on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, here at the Jude 3 Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it.